Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good to be with uh, my Florida family. I got a uh, we got a text this morning from my daughter back in uh, Sudbury, Ontario, and it was uh, now you Americans don't know this stuff, but minus 25 Celsius uh, this morning and snowing where I come from. Now you know why I'm in Florida. <laughs> Good to be with you. And uh, this morning, the, uh, the elders have asked me to speak uh, on the book of Proverbs and to give you an overview of it. And um, is it, our brother is putting this up here. Now, um, that's available, by the way. Now, you'll notice... None of the references are there. And there's a reason for that. I want you guys to go look them up. Like, why should I do all the work, right? So, uh, anyway, there, that's available if you want it emailed to you or whatever. It'll sort of give you an outline of uh, the book of Proverbs. But uh, this morning, we're going to sort of give you just a general overview of the book of Proverbs. So, let's just read... Uh, the very first seven verses of Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a discipline and a prudent life. Doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to the simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables. The sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. And we'll just stop our reading there uh, this morning. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, this morning. We thank you for thy written word, Father, that which we uh, have in our hands. What a tremendous blessing that is, Father, to have the word of God. And Father, this morning as we go through just a general overview of the book of Proverbs, Lord, I pray a real blessing... For those who have come under the sound of thy word this morning, Father, we thank you for thy word. We know that thy word is true. Father, in it contains everything that we need for a life of uh, godliness and a life of obedience. And Father, we pray, Lord, and I pray specifically that each and every one here, Father, this morning will be blessed uh, for coming uh, and uh, going through this uh, overview this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we learn a lot, actually, in the first seven verses uh, this morning. And we, and, and we learn that, uh, generally, uh, these Proverbs were written by one man, Solomon. Um, probably the wisest man that ever lived, apart from our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Um, it's interesting that Solomon, when he was uh, given the kingdom, a takeover from his father David, 
didn't ask for power, didn't ask for uh, riches. Uh, he was given all of that, by the way, but what he asked for uh, was wisdom. And uh, God gave it to him. What a blessing. And you know what, folks? Uh, when, uh, because the world can read this book too, you know. But uh, the Bible tells us that all the treasures of both wisdom and knowledge are found in Him, the Lord Jesus. So you cannot be truly wise without the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He's the author of that wisdom. Now there's a beginning to wisdom. We read it this morning. The beginning is the fear of the Lord. It's a reverence for God. It's an awe for God. That's the beginning of wisdom. And I know a lot of people that are um, earthly wise, but uh, they have no wisdom from God. Now, um, one of the great ironies of the Bible is that Solomon, again, reportedly, or um, speculatively was the wisest man that ever lived had a fool for a son Rehoboam right it's interesting that uh, and so that ought to be a lesson to us right number one uh, and what I've done and I think it's it's a good way to do it to go through the book of Proverbs is that I I put it into three categories one is wise the other two are fools. And there's two types of fools according to um, the book of Proverbs. There's the simple fool. A simple fool is a fool that believes everything. The cults are full of simple fools. Right? Um, hate to be negative, but Jehovah Witnesses and uh, Mormons and, uh, I hate to say it, Catholics... Uh, usually are simple fools. They believe everything that was told to them without examining it, whether it's true. Listen, I used to be one, a simple fool. They said it, I believed it. Right? The Bible calls that you're, you're being a fool. Hey, when the Bible says something about a fool, we ought to take note of it. Right? It might not, uh, it might offend some, but it's what the Bible says. And I'm very unapologetic about that. And I always tell people, you know, I have skin in the game. My family was all simple fools. I had a, a, a dad that earthly, one of the wisest men you've ever met was my father. And I mean that. But he would never had the wisdom that we're going to talk about today. In a sense that because he didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Um, we're told even in here, the first uh, uh, ch chapter here, but it's found in several different parts of the book of Proverbs, is that this wisdom is available. It calls out, hello, hello, simple ones. I'm trying to get your attention. Right? And, and, and really, that's what it's saying. The book of Proverbs, 
uh, talks about wisdom, and uh, wisdom is available. It's calling out even today. It's saying you're on the wrong path. You have the wrong worldview. Your thinking is corrupt. Come to me and I will give you wisdom. Uh, isn't that interesting? And so um, there's the simple fool. They believe everything. And um, they lack a word that I, I like. And the word is discernment. They have no discernment. The characteristic of a fool, well, the wise person, and we're going to spend a minute or two with this in a second, but the wise person characteristically listens. He's open to teaching, to be corrected. That's what a wise person is. A fool, no. They got their mind made up. Don't confuse me with the facts. This is what I believe. You met people like that? I've met a lot of people like that. Um, the other fool is the rebel. A different type of fool, but a fool nonetheless. He's a rebellious fool. You know what is um, something that uh, bothers me? Rebellious fools, a lot of them I've met in Christian families. Have you, is there anyone here in eye that you can think of, maybe even your own family, brought up the same way as the other kids are brought up in the, in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and yet they rebelled right out of the get-go. I've seen that happen many a time. Rebellious. I tell you folks, I'm in the prison ministry back in Canada. And you have no idea how many of those people that are incarcerated have come out of a Christian home. And they're rebellious fools. They said no. They were so close. And they said no. And they're incarcerated today. They know the word of God better than most people. But they said no. Can't be taught. Rebellious. And so when you read the book of Proverbs, at least for me, that's the way I broke it down. Wise, many characteristics. And we'll talk a little bit about that this morning. In contrast to the simple fool, the one that can't be taught, and the rebellious fool, the one that hates hates his word, hates authority. And the world is full of those type of people. Now, wisdom is the ability, and this is just a definition that I like, it's the ability to um, apply knowledge in the right way. Right? It's the ability 
to apply knowledge in the right way. Now, this wisdom is going to have, and this is generalized, and I think it probably captures just about everything that's in the book of Proverbs. When you are wise, it comes from God. It will affect three things. That's not up there, so you take a notes, take them. It will affect your character. It will affect your relationships. And it will affect your speech. The book of Proverbs almost invariably will be that. Wise person, it will affect their character. It will affect their um, relationships. We'll talk a little bit about that today. And thirdly, it will affect their speech. Very interesting, almost every verse in the book of Proverbs is going to hit one of those three things. To apply wisdom is the ability to use knowledge in the right way. Now, the overarching principle, okay? So the overarching principle of someone that is wise, it is based on, this is a character thing, humility. Humility. Peter said this. When he really started very uh, superficially, really, uh, compared to what Peter knew after the resurrection. But if you look at Peter's life, he said this. Wonderful words of wisdom. He said, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Now, that's a very wise statement. Do you know that the world today is so unwise? Because they see themselves as they are really are not. That's a very unwise thing. You see, psychology, and I've heard, said this before, you're probably getting uh, tired of listening to me say it, but it's because it's so pervasive in our society today. See, psychology 101 is this. You're good. You're a good person. If anything goes wrong in your life, it's not your fault. It's mommy's. It's daddy's. Or it's um, the environment. It's your... Uh, it's uh, your uh, lack of education or whatever, right? That's the world's psychology philosophy, right? But it's not wise. As a matter of fact, in James, which is the New Testament version of the book of Proverbs, right? It tells us that the world's wisdom is characterized, all of it, by pride. By pride. You see, the fools are proud. Religion. All of it. Listen. Every religion that you can think of. I don't care what it is. From Muslim to Buddhist to the 
to the Jewish religion. It doesn't matter. All religions are the same. It's built on pride. It's Genesis was in the garden. You shall be like God. That's the genesis of the world. Folks, listen. Isn't that beautiful? Think about this for a minute. Just think, 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 think. You're sitting here this morning. You're born again. You have the Spirit of God living within you. Folks, there is a privilege beyond imagination. Think about it for a minute. You have the world view, which is true. Get the truth and never sell it. That's what Proverbs 23 and 23 says. Get the truth and never sell it. Folks, listen, I lived on the other side for 30 years. Wise with degrees and, and, and with the world and proud. Proud. Tony Martin, you wouldn't believe pride. I didn't like you. Not unless you could give me something to get me ahead on that ladder that I was climbing. Politically and, and professionally. And uh, that was me. Proud. I was a fool. Folks, you have no idea who you are. You can't come to the cross. You can't go to the cross unless you understand who you are. You'll never be corrected. You'll never get wisdom unless you can, unless the Word of God can change your thinking. And it's scary thought to me that there are Christians today, born again, that are fools. Some of them simple fools believe everything. Oh, I had a dream. God spoke to me. Maybe you had a bad pizza. That's what I think. You know? You, you know, I mean, Christians, they live on emotions. Rather than the Word of God. Full of that. Healthy, wealthy, and happy. That's what God promised you because you're a child of the King. I could have been one of those preachers, you know. I think I would have done well in that environment. I do. You know, God told me, wait a minute, I need a Learjet. And he told me to tell you to pay for it. But you're going to get your socks blessed off if you do. So send me your money. And the simple Christians do it. True or false? Biggest churches in the United States of America are not here. It's that kind of preaching that people want to hear. You know why? Because they're simple fools. That's why. Even in the Christian realm. That's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need the Word of God. So let's talk a little bit about uh, characteristics. Like I said, the first one is humility. Understand who you are. You and me. 
put Jesus Christ on the cross. That's who you are. You and me. There's no, there's no pride allowed at the cross. There's none. It's humility at the cross. Should have been me. I tell you folks, at 30 years old, I got on my knees in northern Ontario, in Canada, and I understood the cross for the first time in my life. And I had a cross around my neck all my life. I had a cross on... I had a cross in every bedroom I ever slept in and every classroom I ever went to as a kid. I can tell you that. I never understood the cross. And I tell you, you cannot understand the cross unless you understand you. And you ought to be stood like me, no matter what. Always, always allow yourself to be corrected. Because a wise man or woman or boy and girl, is a person that listens to instruction. And the Word of God, which is complete, is there for that. To instruct. We're teachable. Teachable. We're not fools. Another uh, characteristic uh, along the lines of, of, of correction is uh, a wise person is a disciplined person. I'd never seen an exception to this, by the way. Never. I have never seen an exception to a successful Christian is one who is a disciplined Christian. Now, you examine your own life for a minute. Put the, uh, the microscope of the Word of God on your life for a minute. Are you disciplined? See, I, I can tell, you know, I, I give you a worldly example. Patients come into my office, right? I can tell literally, look, I've been doing it for 41 years. I've gotten good at it. It literally takes me two seconds to figure somebody out. In terms of whether they're going to listen or not. You know? Because when I see their eyes rolling, like, here's your problem, here's the diagnosis, and here's what you need to do to fix it, and you, I can't go home with you. That's why I tell every one of my patients. I can't. You know, maybe you can remember this voice. But I'm not going home with you. So when I ask you, no more sugar in your diet, nada, that means Russian for none. Right? They got cancer. Whatever. Right? So you can't have any more sugar. Right? I'm giving you an example. And they, they don't do that. But yet they do. <laughs> like, are you kidding me, Doc? You didn't really mean no sugar. I meant it. You're going to have to discipline yourself. You're going to have to do it. I can't go home with you. Do you think you can do it? You want to live? Yeah, but I didn't know I had to give up my Slurpees. Or my Twinkie. Or whatever. 
ease at the end of it, right? No, but folks, listen. Uh, you, you, we cannot, wisdom is a person that not only gets corrected, listens to the word of God, not just listens, but is a doer of it, but is disciplined in their life. In every area of their life. Because when you read through the book of Proverbs, you see the contrast between a disciplined, wise person and a fool. A fool is undisciplined. Undisciplined in their lives. In a lot of aspects. One of them is in this area, and it's amazing how much there is on this in the book of Proverbs, in this whole area of sexuality. How many fools? I ask you this question. How many fools do you know in your mind's eye right now? Put them in your mind's eye. How many fools have fallen in this area of sexuality? True or false? Is the word of God true? Imagine, written thousands of years ago. It's as relevant then as it is today. Why? Because fools are undisciplined in their life. And their lives have come crashing down in this area. Of sexuality. I always love preaching to young people. Because I remind young people. That if you have a plan to succeed in this area. You have a plan to fail. And I like to get to young people. Because old people are dumb. No. I'm one of them. I'm a senior. No. I just... No, I'm not saying that. But, you know, older people are hard, right? Hard to change. But it's a huge area here of discipline that we need. And Joseph was a wise man because he put his running shoes on and he ran out. But he had a plan. You see, this didn't just creep up on Joseph one day. Come up, here's Mrs. Potiphar, you know. Oh, Joseph. Oh, Joseph, come here, little boy. That didn't just happen. It didn't. She'd been after Joseph for a while. But Joseph had a plan. If you don't have a plan to succeed, you have a plan to fail. And in this area of sexuality, okay, men, look at me in the eyeballs right now. Put your head up. Look at me. You're looking? Men, I got your attention. There's a blood test for this. Prick your finger. If the blood comes out red, you got a problem in this area. Any other color doesn't apply to you. That's the blood test for this test. Men, I don't care how old you are. The Bible is very clear that the world, 
yourself and the devil in this area is out to get you in the area of sexuality. Now, men, listen to me for a minute. I'm going to talk to you ladies in a second. Men, listen to me for a minute. If you do not have a plan in this area, you are going to fail or you've already failed in this area. It's amazing to me with the counseling that I do, how many people have become shipwrecked in this area. Why? No discipline. They have no discipline. You need a plan for holiness. You need a plan for separation. And I tell you folks, it starts with a change in your mind. You need roadblocks like Joseph had. You see, Joseph, what was Joseph's motiv- motivation? Okay, so let's, let's just take his example for a minute. Here's Joseph. Put yourself in his position. Good looking. He's got all the digs. He's been put in a position of very, very high power. And uh, the society in which he lived, anything that I've ever read about it, Egypt is um, like Hollywood, Florida. Anything goes. Do you think we live in a crazy world, by the way? Think about it. For, you know, I know we're in it. And sometimes we forget. Isn't it crazy? I, I can hardly believe what's happened in the last 10, 15 years. It's just craziness. It's crazy, isn't it? So here's Joseph. Joseph, here's, here's the world. Joseph, everybody's doing it. Joe, enjoy. It's cool, man. Right? That's the society in which he lived. But you see, Joseph, he had a plan. Joseph, you see, you know what he said? How could I do this against God? You see, God's watching. You see, Joseph's worldview was different than the people around him. Hey, number one, I'm going to offend God. He's watching me. I'm one of his. You see the, you see, you see the plan and uh, the word of God. You see, when you're wise, you've got the word of God. You know, look, if, if someone comes, I mean, look, you'd have to leave the planet not to be affected. So, you know, you're going to be affected. TV, movies, advertising, the internet, it don't matter. It's going to come at you 24 and 7. So what do you do? You go live, you know, go find an island so you don't have to think about things like that? No. That's not what, God, number one, it's not what God wants. And it's, it doesn't work. <laughs> so here's what. You better be equipped. Right? Because... It's a seduction. It's a seduction. And so we got to be equipped. You know what I'm saying? You got to be like 
here's, and this is biblical. I've hid thy word in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. You better hide God's word in your heart. You see these little kids? I love this. You have no idea how much I love seeing these little kids. Because they're, they're burying in their heart a supernatural word. It is the tool that you fight. Half of them, they don't even know what they're saying. They're so little. It's so cute. But I know what it is. It's planting in a defense mechanism. And I tell you folks, you see it, you better have plan A, B, and C from the Word of God to go, I saw it. It's, is it. Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Those are verses for me that I learned. I made a covenant with the Lord not to look lustily at a woman. That's what Job said. I memorized that verse a long time ago. It's a plan, see? That's wise. You better have one. And ladies, you better have one too. You know, I never knew much about women. <laughs> Men were clueless, right? But, uh, you know, women, uh, they can be uh, fooled in this area too. We need discipline. Now, a Christian, excuse me, a wise person, a wise Christian, is disciplined in every area of their life. Work. You know what, folks? You're in the ministry, whether you like it or not. You're in the ministry full time. Your job is just something you do part time. But your ministry uh, to your family, friends, and whatever, right, is full time. You better be disciplined. That's what the world likes to see. That's what separates a Christian is that we're, we ought to be the best. I don't care what you do. You ought to be the best at what you do. Strive for it. To give glory to Jesus Christ. Because the world is so used to chaos. In their homes. In their marriages. In their workplace. They're used to chaos. In the government. It's chaos. Isn't it? When you're wise. They take note. They take note. You need to be disciplined. In your character. In your relationships. Let me spend a few minutes with that. Folks, listen to me. The greatest thing you can do as a wise person will be your friends. Your friendship. Parents, listen. Parents. We live in a different world today. You know, I, I don't know if I told you that or not. Parents today, you know, I got a little, I got a niece there that uh, I heard from her parents. Uh, my sister was telling me, well, they don't believe in discipline. They don't believe in, if the baby cries, you pick it up. So they don't sleep at night. Right? Because the baby, well, the baby goes, well, meh, meh. oh, mommy here. <laughs> Daddy's here. Good. I mean, you know, I don't need to sleep. You know, so, uh, you know, but that's the crazy world we live in today, right? They, they don't discipline, right? They don't believe in discipline. No, that's, you know, that's cruelty, right? So what do you got? You got all these spoiled kids. You know what one of the results of it is? 
coming to a theater near you. Animals are more important than human beings are. That is the ultimate of narcissism. It's the result of our society of today, of undisciplined society. You know what? Your dog will never talk back to you. No, it won't. You know, I tell my grandchildren, get into the, get into the doggy business or the caddy business. Like be a dog psychologist. It was on a sign in Hollywood. There's a dog psychologist around here somewhere. He had a sign up on the highway on 95. I saw it. Bring your dog or cat. Bring it to me. I'll tell you what's wrong with it if you want. It don't like you. <laughs> I'll make it up. What does it matter? No, but listen, folks. I'm telling you, we live in an insane world. It's because of this lack of, of, of discipline in the world today. And parents, we don't want to... Can I share something, parents? You get to choose your kids' friends. Did you hear what I said, parents? There's so many little kids here. I love it. I love it. It's like our chapel back in Sudbury. It's become a, a nursery, which is a healthy, healthy chapel, by the way. Love little kids. But parents, listen to me. You get to choose your kids' friends. They ain't no good. They ain't going to hang around your kids. You hear me? You get to choose that. But, you know, I was thinking about who are my friends? And I started thinking about that. Well, you know who my best friend is? My wife. No, she is. She's my best friend. I, I've got lots of friends, but I've got very, very small circle of my best friends. And I thought about that. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I said, well, who's my best friend? My wife. You know what I love about my wife? She's quiet. She's unlike me. Opposites attract. But you know what? When Rosie sees a rat, she can smell it a mile away. <laughs> no, really. You see me. I, I, I'm a people person. I take you at face value, right? That can be foolish sometimes. And I've gotten into trouble because of that. People tell me, how are you doing? Oh, good. Okay. Right? But my wife, she can smell you coming. If you're, if, you're, if you're of ill repute, my wife will let me know. I like that. It's a good friend. My son. You know, as he gotten older, my son. One of my best friends is my son. My son-in-laws. Oh, well, of course they're smart. They married my daughters. Right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, but really, I, 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 when I think about it, those are the people I'm the closest to. My fellow elders in, in back in my home assembly. I'm very close to them. And I go, you know what? They're smart guys. They're wise people. And you know, in a multitude of counselors. Right? That's why, isn't it? Folks, who are your friends? Who are your friends? Jesus my friend. Amen. He's the best friend to have. He said Jesus is his friend. Absolutely. Can't have a better friend than Jesus. But folks, listen. In closing this. The last one I wanted to just share one thought and then we'll close with this. When you're wise, it will affect your character. When you're wise, it'll affect your relationships. From your marriage, right? If you're a, if you're a, you're a, 
someone living uh, under the authority of your parents, you, uh, you respect that authority. That's a wise person. Right? It affects every relationship you have if you're wise. And then thirdly, your mouth. James says the tongue is not controllable. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth evil things. And I say unto you, that every word that a man speaketh, he shall give account in the day of judgment. Folks, listen, when the books are opened, our words have been recorded. Incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. Now, isn't it wise? When wisdom gets a grip of you, godly wisdom that comes from above, it will change your speech. It will change your speech. I tell you, before I was saved, and up till the moment I got saved, if you had even come into my office, I could not have a conversation without blaspheming the name of Jesus Christ. I just did it. It was part of my vocabulary. So by the way, don't write people off that are like that, by the way. Don't make, Christ, don't make people Christians that are not Christians yet. We do that to people, right? Oh, I don't like that guy. Where would Jesus Christ be if he was on this planet? Where would he go? He'd go to places you probably would not go. That's what he was accused of. Hanging around the riffraff of society. Looking for guys like me. Don't forget that. And Christian, when the Lord gives you wisdom, it's going to change your speech. It'll change your speech. And people think they have the gift of discouragement. I have looked in the Bible. It ain't there. They can't wait to knock you down. You know anybody like that? The Bible says they're a fool. They're a fool. God wants you to use your tongue not as a weapon, but as a tool to build people up. We're to encourage one another even more so as we see the day approaching. I tell you, my brothers and sisters, as you come here this morning, this place is not only to get the word of God. You came, you did not forsake the assembling of one another as is the custom of some, but you obeyed the word of God. You came here, and one of the reasons that you come here is to get encouraged to walk in the right way. True or false? True. Should we ever discourage someone that is in this place? From walking the way they should walk, we can do it. Eh, you know, I, I notice you just you're putting on a few pounds lately. Or uh, you know, whatever it is, right? Folks, listen. What we read in the book of Proverbs. Is doable. Because we have the God. That wrote the book of Proverbs. And we have the God. Jesus Christ. Living within us. 
He wants to take that word of God and change you and change me. And, you know, have you ever been, you ever had a boat or whatever? Well, I had a a boat, you know, a 30-footer. You know what I learned? You don't take that hand off that wheel at any time. Because you, you'd be shocked how fast you're off course. Because the currents and the, and the wind or whatever, it just, you know, but that's the way the world is, isn't it? Folks, we need the Word of God every day in our life to correct, to put us back on course. Because the winds of this world and the waves and the, the, the issues of this life will get us off course very, very quickly. You always got to be correcting. God, tell me something. What am I like? What did I do? What did I say? I'm sorry, Lord. I Forgive me. And I, I'm back. I'm back on track now. It's every minute, every day of your life. It's a practice. We need to practice. We need to be disciplined. Let the word of God correct us. If there be any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. And that's what the word of God wants to do in our lives. And that's why we should not be just hearers of it, but doers of it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again, O God, for your precious word. We thank you for all the examples that we have in scripture. And Father, we thank you for your goodness. Oh God, you're so patient with us. And Father, we just, I pray for each and every one. I pray especially for the young people in this room today. God, a lot of them at the crossroads in their lives. Father, would you speak to their heart about the true wisdom that comes from above. Father, the wisdom that's available to them. To choose. To choose to live their lives, uh, the rest of their lives, for the glory of God. To choose friends. To choose um, what they see and what they listen to and what they don't, Father. Oh, God. Father, speak to all of us, though, about thy word. And, Father, we want to just be uh, obedient. We want, Father, to draw closer and closer to you. Father, we live in a crazy world. You know that. And we just ask for the wisdom that you gave to our forefathers. When you think of ones like Daniel and Joseph and Abraham and David and all the wisdom, Solomon, the wisdom that were given to them, Father, is available to us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.